And very pleasant. Good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind and last night at Lone Depot Park in Miami. Marlins and the Braves got together for the middle game of their three-game series this week. Sandy Alcantara, the Marlins ace, took the ball in game two. Waskar Enoa took the ball, the right-hander for the Atlanta Braves. Hey, and with the recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, we've seen Sandy Alcantara really good at various times over the course of the four seasons he spent with the Marlins. He may have been about as good tonight as in any outing he has had in his Marlins career. He's had some great ones. He's had some complete game shutouts. But uh, tonight, when you consider who he was facing, this red-hot Braves lineup, Sandy brought his A game, and unfortunately, in the end, the Braves pull this one out, a run in the eighth and a run in the ninth. They beat the Marlins 2 to nothing as Waskar Inoa, Tyler Matzik, Chris Martin, Luke Jackson, and Will Smith combined on a four-hit shutout, and the Braves won the first two games of this three-game series. Contra and Enoa were locked up in a scoreless duel for a long time tonight. Enoa went the first five and a third, three hits, no runs, one walk, four strikeouts, 80 pitches, 53 strikes. As for Sandy, he was effective. He was efficient. He was pounding the strike zone. Sandy had multiple innings where he didn't throw a single pitch out of the zone. He threw seven innings, was at 82 pitches, having thrown 62 strikes. And from the third inning on, had thrown 57 pitches, 47 strikes. Innings three through seven, he was cruising along. He had really only been challenged in the game once. Braves had uh, a couple of base runners on in the sixth inning, but he got a ground ball from Austin Riley to escape that mess. After one, two, three, seventh, he pitched into the eighth in a scoreless game, and he struck out the first man, the catcher Stephen Vogt, looking for his sixth K of the night, out number one. Then, with the pitcher spot to Abraham Amante, pinch hit for the Braves, and on a 3-2 count, Sandy issued his first and only walk of the night. With the count full on Ozzy Albies, Almonte broke for second. Albies struck out for the second out, but Almonte beat the throw from Alex Jackson for his first stolen base of the season. So now in a scoreless game, the Braves had a man at second, two outs in the eighth inning. After getting ahead of ball and two strikes to Jorge Soler, Sandy threw a slider in the dirt that Jackson couldn't handle. It got away. The wild pitch advanced the runner to third base. So Almonte was 90 feet away in a scoreless game, two outs, top of the eighth. The count was one ball. And two strikes to Jorge Soler when Sandy threw his 103rd pitch of the night. Two down, one two to Soler. Line drive, right field base hit, one nothing Braves. On a one two count with two outs, he goes the other way. Soler knocks in the game's first run on Sandy's 103rd pitch of the night. On his 105th pitch, he would get Freddie Freeman to fly to right, ending the eighth inning and bringing Sandy's night to a close. What a job he did against this potent Braves lineup. Eight innings, five hits, one run, one walk, seven strikeouts, a wild pitch, 105 pitches, 77 strikes. And it was all said and done for Alcantara tonight. One of his finest outings is a Marlin, but the Marlins couldn't get anything going offensively against the Braves. You mentioned Enoa. Five and a third scoreless innings. Tyler Matzik got through the sixth inning. Chris Martin then a one, two, three, seventh inning. Luke Jackson issued a one-out walk to pinch hitter Jazz Chisholm in the eighth. And Miguel Rojas hit into a double play. 
So he went to the ninth inning. Still, the Braves on top, one nothing. Anthony Bender out of the bullpen for the ninth, and the first man he faced, the dangerous Braves third baseman, Austin Riley. Bender the kick in the 1-2, and Riley lifts a fly ball. Well hit, right center, long run. Brinson back, and it's got a home run. Austin Riley to make it 2-0 Braves in the ninth. Riley connects for the 26th time this season. What an offensive infield these Atlanta Braves have. They uh, are right there at the top of Major League Baseball and home runs hit by their infielders. 109 home runs hit by Braves infielders this year. Only the Dodgers and Giants at 110 have gotten more home runs from infielders. The difference, though, with Atlanta is of the 109 home runs they've hit, 108 of them have been hit by four players. The first baseman, Freeman, the second baseman, Albies, the shortstop, Swanson, and the third baseman, Riley. The other teams, the Dodgers and the Giants, have had multiple players in all those positions hit home runs, and that's all well and good. They count just the same, but the Braves have done it with four players doing all that damage. Eddie Adrianza has hit one home run as an infielder this year for the Braves. All the others hit by the big four of Freeman, Albies, Swanson, and Riley. So it was 2 nothing into the bottom of the ninth as Bender retired the next three in a row after the home run by Riley. He struck out Swanson and Duvall. Will Smith, the Braves' closer, came on. He's had some ups and downs this season, but the Riley home run gave him a little bit of insurance, and he made quick work of the Marlins in the bottom of the ninth. Isan Diaz popped to the second baseman for the first out. Lewis Brinson went down swinging. He was 0-4 in this game tonight. And then pinch hitter Jesus Aguilar took a borderline pitch for called strike three. A 1-2-3 ninth for Will Smith and a 2-0 win for the Atlanta Braves. For the Braves, two runs, six hits, no errors, five left. For the Marlins, no runs, four hits, no errors. They strand a total of four in the game. The winning pitcher is Chris Martin, two and three. The loser is Sandy Alcantara, a very tough luck, seven and 11. Save goes to Will Smith, his 26th of the year, time of the game, two hours, 33 minutes. The Marlins were shut out tonight for the 11th time this season. The Braves with the winner, 64-56, and 56, a season-best eight games over 500. they They've won five straight for the first time this year. They've got wins in 12 of their last 14. They're now 34-21 and 21 over the last 55 games, beginning June, 20, uh, June 17th after a 30-35 and 35 start. Longest winning streak of the year for the Braves. They've now won nine straight on the road. Their longest road winning streak since the 2009 season. The Riley home run leading off the ninth off Bender gave him a long ball in 10 straight games. 21 home runs in that stretch, including 14 in the last five games alone. And for the Marlins, they just couldn't muster any offense tonight. Four singles. That was it. Four singles and two walks. Total of six base runners in the game. Brian Anderson, a one-out single in the second inning. Marlins got the other three singles all in the sixth. Brian De La Cruz, Miguel Rojas, and Isan Diaz. But they left the bases loaded in that sixth inning. And the Braves go on to win it 2 to nothing. A frustrating night all around for the Marlins. Marlins pitchers struck out nine in the game. Seven Ks for Sandy, two for Anthony Bender. At $25 per strikeout, that'll be $225 pledged to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative. For the season now, through 120 games, Marlins pitching staff has rung up a total of 1,022 strikeouts. We're up over 25 grand, $25,550 to AutoNation's Drive Pink initiative. So the Braves have won the first two games of this series. Remember, the Marlins just swept the Cubs at home over the weekend to start this six-game homestand. 
tomorrow night in the homestand finale. They'll try to avoid being swept by the Braves. They'd like to get the win and finish with a winning record, 4-2 and two on this homestand. Jesus Luzardo gets the ball for the Marlins at 7-10 tomorrow night. He'll match up with a red-hot right-hander for Atlanta, Charlie Morton. Morton among the winningest pitchers in the National League this year, 11-4 and four in his start against the Marlins at 7-10 tomorrow night. Well, it goes without saying, and you just heard Jeff tell you, uh, Sandy Alcantara deserved a lot better in that ball game last night. Marlins offense was non-existent, and Sandy was phenomenal, as he is about 90% of the time, maybe even more. Uh, he deserved a win last night, and the Marlins ultimately fall to the Braves 2 to nothing. Let's hear from Don Mattingly afterwards. Uh, no problem. Just uh, Sandy's ability to, you know, really eat easily navigate his way through this this really good Braves offense just what you saw from him tonight in general yeah Yeah. Sandy was electric out of the gate you know his his stuff was good he had a really good breaking ball uh he was pounding the strike zone um you know getting the ball looked like where he wanted it wanted it to be um yeah you couldn't really ask for much more I think he was at 60 pitches through five innings um, you know, his pitch count was down. He was on the attack. He was forced on the swing the bats. Um, yeah, really, really, really good. You know, and it's funny, you know, I'm, you know, you're watching Sandy and how good he is, and you look up and their guy's kind of doing the same to us, you know, and it was like their guy was really good tonight too, I thought. Um, it's the second time we've, we've, we've got him. We got him in Atlanta and then here. I thought both times he's been really, really good. He's been tough on us. And then just to follow up, you know, there's been a couple times this season, like tonight, where Sandy has dominated, but the run support just hasn't been there. Is there anything that you can identify, um, you know, whether it's, you know, Sandy does sometimes match up with the other team's ace, just to explain kind of the lack of run support for Sandy on occasion throughout the season? Yeah, I don't think there's any explanation of it. I mean, we've we've kind of, if you follow along, you know, DeGrom went years, it seemed like, without ever getting any runs. Uh, over the years, I feel like traditionally those aces, they don't really get as many runs as the other guys. And I think, I don't, I don't know what that is, but there's no ex- explaining it. Um, you know, our, our guys are battling, uh, you know, they're prepared. You know, they know we, you know, what we're doing. So, you know, there's really no explanation of it, but it does seem like over the years, the aces, there's times when that guy just doesn't get runs. Jordan? Yeah. Hey, Donnie, speaking of run support, how much are you going to look back sixth inning, bases loaded, one out, and you guys coming up empty there? Yeah, I think obviously in a game like that, you look at all the little stuff, um, you know, we you know, Sandy's not able to, you know, get the bunt down in a way that's able to move the runner. Biggie ends up getting a base hit, you know, right after that. Uh, so we don't execute that. Um, the little thing, you know, he, he has Almonte 1-2. Uh, it's like he's got him in the driver's seat there in the eighth, and he gets away, you know, which ends up getting us back, you know, into the meat of their order uh, with guys on base. So, and obviously that the the inning there um that we had the bases loaded and one out is one of those you think about uh but you know you you know guys are you know that guy's making pitches too right and it's just it's just tough it's one of those games that both teams were 
we're having trouble moving anything across. And then I'm curious, uh, Alfaro gets first started first base, just thoughts on how he did there. And again, just adding that versatility piece to him throughout this final stretch of the season. I thought he looked really good. I think it was at Albies, the, the ground ball that, that, that he made a good decision on taking the back step. Um, you know, George is really athletic. I, I do think it adds his versatility. I know they were working him out uh, through that Denver-San Diego trip, and Trey had told me that he looked really good over there. Uh, we we're going to have to find a way to give Aggie Day here or there. Um, so I, I thought he looked good. Christina. Yeah, Donnie, you mentioned Sandy being electric kind of from the beginning. Just how early on can you tell when he's going to have one of those starts? It, it seems like you know pretty quick. Um, when when he is pounding the strike zone, not having any trouble, like ball running off, and he's got his changeup going, and tonight he had the slider going. Uh, and it's funny, you never know. Because, you know, like – Mel says him coming out of the pen today, he was a little bit flat, wasn't quite – stuff wasn't doing what he wanted, but he gets into the game and, and then you see that, right? So you never quite know what – it's like a like a BP that's not quite right. It doesn't mean anything until, you know, the game comes along. So um, – but when he's pounding the strike zone like that early and, and, his, and he's forcing guys to swing the bat, which puts it – and getting in good counts, you know – he has a chance to dominate on those days just because of the changeup is so good. Uh, and tonight he had the slider going too. And when you're forcing guys to swing at 98, 99, and when he's painting and he's down and he's up with Freddie through some balls early, thought may have been caught the quadrant. I uh, didn't get the call, but I mean, he's right there in the zone all day. He's just forcing you to swing the bat. Uh, and then it's tough to lay off the other stuff. Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins fall 2 to nothing to the Atlanta Braves in Game 2 of their three-game series last night. Braves will go for a sweep of the Marlins tonight at 7-10. The Marlins are hoping to salvage a game in this three-game tilt. Jesus Luzardo will go for Miami, the right-hander of the veteran, the good one. Charlie Morton goes for the Braves. 7-10 first pitch, 6-40 airtime with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.